Hello, 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 mic check, one, two, one, two, it's me, <laughs> welcome to the third ever episode of, drum roll please, the Confessions of a Church Girl podcast, I am your host, Miss Lisa Amanda McFall, and y'all listen, if you have not yet had the chance to, well, to do two things. So first of all, if you've not had the chance to listen to last week's episode or a week before last week's episode, like, I'm going to need you to pause this. We're going to wait for you. Pause. Go and play those ones and then come back, right? If you have, though, hey, welcome. What's up? Welcome back. And like the next thing, if you have not yet purchased or downloaded a copy of my book, Confessions of a Fornicating Church Girl by Lisa A. McFall. That's Lisa with two E's. Y'all know I and my name is L-E-E-S-A. Get it? Get it right, y'all, right? My daughter, actually, last night, she was trying to write my name on something. And she was like, Mommy, how do you spell your name? And I was like, excuse me, you don't know how to spell your mom's name? She was like, oh, I always get confused if it's two S's. Like, girl, bye. <laughs> like... <laughs> Oh, she has no idea because of that. I'm probably going to hold on to that, y'all, until she gets, like, really old. And she better not ask me for anything for Christmas. <laughs> but if you have not yet purchased a copy of my book, please go ahead and download it on Amazon Kindle. Please visit your nearest um, local bookstore. Of course, we are in Nassau, Bahamas. Um, but for those, of our, for those of you, our international listeners, go ahead and download it, Amazon Kindle. And then send me a review. Shoot me a message. You can shoot me a DM on Instagram or on Facebook at Lisa McFall. I love it when you guys send me your reviews. Like, I absolutely love it, y'all. All right, so what are we going to talk about today, y'all? All right, so... Recently, um, I've been having people who read my book. They would come to me and they would say, you know what? Thank you so much for your transparency. In fact, I just had someone message me late last night. Um, they, they sent me a voice note. They, they read my book and you know what? They were so intrigued and they were so happy and like they had a mixture of emotions because they felt all in all, they were like, you know what? Thank you, Lisa, for your transparency. You know, like they, they said that the book was so relatable to them. And somebody called my book Comedy Gold. Like I got to go back now and read my book to see just how many jokes I really put in there. <laughs> I mean, hey. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a comedian, right? Like, if I was to quit my day job, like, I feel like I could do stand-up comedy. Like, I am just funny, right? No, y'all, I'm just kidding. I don't think that I'm funny. I think that I'd I be, like, dead on with what I want to say, and people just, like, laugh at it. Like, y'all, Charles giving me the eye. I don't know if Charles trying to say that I'm funny, but anyway. <laughs> Y'all, these people in the studio are haters, okay? Like, if you really know me, I funny, I funny, wait, anyway. <laughs> anyway, y'all, um, but yeah, they caused me to get distracted, but my, um, people would tell me, thank you so much for your transparency, and somebody res um, gave me a review last night, and they were like, you know what, I know that it must have been really hard for you to write this book. And the truth be told, I don't know if it was hard for me to write that book. 
it wasn't hard for me because I knew that this was something that I was supposed to do. And I believed that, well, if you listened to the first podcast um, or if you've ever seen any of my like television or or read any of my newspaper interviews or magazine interviews, you would know that I started to write this book in 2015, in, in the year 2015, and I received a prophetic word and it was like, hey, you know what, God's. God God placed the idea on the inside of me to write the book, but my story was still being written. And because my story was still being written, you know, the book was going to come in time. And I I held on to that word. And I believed that, like, um, it wasn't hard for me because I knew it was what God called me to do. But it was hard because, like, as I wrote... I, I processed many of the things as I wrote them. <laughs> like, like as I was as I was typing and as I was writing out my book, um, of course there were like lots and lots of memories that came, and I there was lots of triggers, and I was grateful that much of my healing actually came as I wrote the book. But of course I didn't stop there because who I am right now is not the same Lisa that actually wrote Confessions of a Fornicating Church Girl. Like there was a, a level of healing that came as I wrote it. Um, there were different le- various levels, varying levels of healing that came as it was being edited, published. When it was finally released, I was a different Lisa. And like now, almost a year later, I am... I can definitely say I'm a different Lisa. Um, but I want to talk to you guys about um, th- about the strength to be vulnerable. Like, vulnerability... Okay, so let me... Well, okay, y'all, this is what we finna do, right? Let's Google what the word vulnerability means. And then we could go from there. So, y'all, Google is Google listens to our conversations because all I did was type V-U-L-N and everything else came up. So the word vulnerable means exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed either physically or emotionally. And let me just go on and say, like, um, growing up in a in, in a traditional church, um, and not just the church where I came from, but church world in general, I realized that religion has a way of teaching us how to hide and cover up what's really going on on the inside of us. Like, we we don't get to be real. We don't get to to say, you know what, I hurtin'. <laughs> because I, I realized that, particularly with church people, we we don't care how much people are going through just as long as we as they're good enough to come through for us like just as long as this person is able to pray the way I need them to pray or sing the way I need them to sing or minister the way I need them to minister you know and and we kind of took that on I I absorbed that as a child I saw that happening right before my very eyes and it was something that wasn't necessarily taught verbally to me but it was taught indirectly 
So I, I, it wasn't taught like someone sat down and said, okay, read this textbook on how to mask your emotions and how to mask your feelings and how to come to church dressed up in your big hat and your nice dress. I never received that textbook, but I saw it indirectly where people would, I don't know, like cry in their cars in the parking lot, y'all, or like um, go home to abusive spouses and like really terrible situations and come to church and jump up and down and clap and, and, and you know, be dressed, dressed to the gods, really. And... um this is the Confessions of a Church Girl podcast, y'all. So, like, I'm a church girl. And finding myself and finding my identity outside of, like, away from what church has taught me to be is the journey that I am currently still on. And I am falling in love with the journey every day. But um, I'm learning now that a lot of the things that I was taught in church um, also spilled out into my real life. Yeah, like, um, I pride, y'all. <laughs> like, I I am one who actually learned how to sound like I was being vulnerable, but at the same time, you would never know what's really going on on the inside of me. Like, I am one who, yeah, I feel like it's pride. But I feel like, you know, religion doesn't teach us how to be real. Um... And I believe, don't get me wrong, I believe that sometimes you need prayer. Sometimes you need hands laid on you. Sometimes you need an encouragement, encouraging word. Sometimes you need someone to pray for you. Sometimes you need a scripture to remind you, you know, to be anxious for nothing but in all things through prayer and supplication to let our requests be made known to God and then God's peace, which passes all understanding, will keep our hearts and our minds. Like sometimes we need a scripture, y'all. But the truth is, sometimes we need to sit down and talk. Sometimes we need to be open enough and vulnerable enough to say, yo, I am in pain. I am hurting and I need somebody to help me. Like, I feel like I'm losing my mind and I need, I need someone. I need to talk. And I know there are like many people who may not, may or may not be down for therapy or may or may not be down for counseling or life coaching, but y'all like it's necessary because life is be life in y'all. Like life just be whooping our tails sometimes, you know what I mean? And sometimes, like most times, you can't just sit down and 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 pretend like People would, would come to church and, and go to work and go. You, you buck them in the food store, in the grocery store every day. You run into them in the gas station or you see people on the side of the street and you have no idea that these people just are about to lose their mind. <laughs> but um, vulnerability is something that, that could also make you feel weak. Um, part of the fight that I had with God, with writing this book is like, like, like the definition of vulnerability is like you opening up yourself to be exposed and you could be attacked. Like there are some people who just aren't wise enough to handle our vulnerability. And I had to, to learn within myself that, hey, those people can't handle your level of vulnerability because maybe number one, they themselves have not yet learned how to sit with with their own selves. 
And number two, they themselves just, they've probably never been taught. I, I think that people are afraid to be vulnerable. If I could be real with you, I spoke um, in a few episodes prior that I had this lady who used to go to my old church. Um, she was a, a family friend. Um, when I was experiencing my like a really bad situation when I was pregnant with my daughter at 18 and I was going through so much shame, um, I would like bury myself. I would isolate myself. And, you know, I, I just chose that I, I believed that I couldn't trust anybody. So I kept my thoughts and my feelings to myself for years, for years, y'all. And like there was this lady, she she wanted to help me. She wanted to give me love. She wanted to, to you know, be for me what she needed when she was younger and in my position. However, I, I didn't let her. And it's not only because I felt like I couldn't trust people, but it was because I was afraid. I was already in like a really terrible position. I was in a really bad mind, mind frame of mind. Like I was 18, I was single, I was pregnant. I had to drop out of the College of the Bahamas nursing program at the time. I didn't have a job. I had to stop singing in the praise team. I had to stop dancing on the dance team. I had to stop, you know, ushering on the junior ushers team. Like I, I much of who I was, like a lot of my identity was stripped away. I wasn't, I wasn't home with my parents because they were, you know, disappointed in me and I couldn't help but take that on and I felt like I was such a failure. So I started to live with my aunt um, for a while and I would just like hide. If I could have just hidden myself, I used to wish that I was a bird. Like if I would be in a car or like sitting outside or looking out my window and I would see birds on the telephone line, I would just wish that I could be a bird and just fly away. Because I didn't want to deal with who I was. I didn't want to sit and and have to come to the realization of who I was, much less that I want to sit down and have a conversation and open myself up to anybody. I just wanted to run away. And so the truth be told, sometimes I do still run. When life gets to life in and, and situations get to situation in and like there are people who want to show me love and 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 care and openness and honesty like sometimes it's so hard for me to be vulnerable because I I realize that sometimes I make the mistake of being vulnerable to those who know how to pretend to be vulnerable but they aren't able to handle that level yet you know and because I made the mistake and 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 because okay like vulnerability is something that is really really scary (laughs) like and it's uncomfortable and when you sit down and you go to have a, a, a conversation with someone and they automatically just like, you know, like shut you back in that door, you you want to shut down altogether. Like, oh, I will never do this again. And I had that um, I had that scenario multiple times in my life where I, I wanted to talk to somebody and then they just they just they weren't able to accept my vulnerability. And so, yeah, like I, I would just like push people away. And I'm getting better at it. (laughs) I'm getting better at being able to be vulnerable. But um, let's talk today about, like, the grace to be vulnerable. Um, Like I said, growing up in church, you feel feel like you, you see, like, this is the way that you have to be. And sometimes I would have people say, oh, if you're going through depression... 
that means you ain't praying hard enough. You're not reading the Bible as you should. You're not um, um, fasting and, 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 you know, and listening to your worship music as you should. And mind you, I do believe that meditating on God's word and spending time with him um, are ways that we can prevent, you know, depression and all those other things from taking control. But the truth is... I've found that when people are vulnerable enough to say, I need help, that we shouldn't just list off a bunch of things that they need to do. I I think that if somebody is vulnerable enough to say, I am weak right now, I feel like we should cover our brother or our sister and we should cover them in love and we should cover them in, in grace and we should protect them because... The definition of vulnerability is opening yourself up to emotional or physical attack, you know. But sometimes it takes a lot of strength to open ourselves up. It takes a lot of strength and a lot of courage. And people would try to make you feel like because you're vulnerable, like you're weak, you're weak. Um, or that you're... Like you're damaged or something is wrong with you because you're not strong enough. You're not whole enough. You're not healed enough. But no, I I think about when Jesus, when Jesus was in the garden, what it was, Gethsemane, I think. Forgive me. I haven't been to Sunday school in a long time. <laughs> but when Jesus was about to be crucified, um, the night before the soldiers came to arrest him and he took his, his closest friends with him and he asked them to stay by a tree and, and um pray with him. And he went on a little further. I feel and he and he went and he sat down on the rock and he he prayed and he cried out to God. He was in such like, you know, despair that his his tears his, his, his tears became to blood or his sweat was blood. I don't remember. Y'all forgive me. I gotta go back to Sunday school. I'ma call I'ma call Sister Roka and ask her like if I could get a Sunday school lesson. It's been decades. <laughs> but anyway, I believe that in that moment Jesus was was being vulnerable. And when he went back to check on his friends to see if they were, you know, praying for him and if they could have seen him like they were asleep. Like, can you imagine you going through, <laughs> like, all all your feelings, you know? And the people that you call on who should be willing to watch you be vulnerable and, and should be there to cover you in your vulnerability. And when I say cover, I mean pray for you or physically cover you, you know? But they're sleeping. <laughs> like, they're, they're just chilling, and you there, like, just crying and, and sweating blood. Like, not even sweating bullets, you sweating blood. I believe that. I like to see that moment as Jesus being vulnerable. And I feel like he had every right to, like, ask his disciples, like, you couldn't, you couldn't stay up and pray with me for a couple minutes? I can understand his frustration in that moment because, you know, vulnerability is scary. And even when you have people around you, sometimes it, it does feel lonely. Nonetheless, Jesus went back to pray and, you know, he was like, God, you know what? Not my will, but your will be done. 
You know, he was like, but, like, if you could, like, if, hey, like, God, if if you could just take this from me, I'd love it. <laughs> but nonetheless, if you, you know, I think that it takes even a, a level of vulnerability. In fact, I, I feel like as believers, we not only need the vulnerability, the, the grace or the strength to be vulnerable with other people. I feel like our first level of vulnerability needs to come with our relationship with God. Um, like the Bible says, um, the time has come for they who worship God to worship Him in spirit and in truth. I always um, feel like the spiritual part of that, I, I take that scripture and I, I make it applicable, right? And I feel like the spiritual part of it is being able to worship God the way that we were taught to worship Him. You know, you come to church, you read the Bible, you you sing, you shout, you clap, you snotty, you cry, you roll on the ground. Like, that's the spirit part. But then the truth part is in the truth of who we really are. And not only in the truth of who God is, but in the truth of who we really are. And I think that as believers, because we have not yet mastered our level of vulnerability with God, we it, it's we, we pretend with God as if he can't see our hearts, right? And I am sometimes guilty of that as well. Like, like, we have to first be like, God, this is what I am struggling with. <laughs> God, this is where I am. This is what I am dealing with. And yes, we serve an all-knowing, all-seeing God who is present everywhere at every time. But at the same time, like we have to be truthful and we have to open up to God because I don't believe that God would heal or fix what we pretend does not exist I believe that we have to come to a place and a level of such self-awareness that we do not mask our feelings with with scripture or that we don't avoid our feelings as an act of faith but I believe that we that that God is a big God. He's a big guy and he's able to handle our rough feelings and our crazy emotions and and the thoughts that run through our head. I think that God is able to deal with the issues that we have as as human beings. The Bible tells us that we do not have a high priest who is ignorant to the to the sufferings that we experience on this earth, but Jesus Christ was here on this earth as a human being. He was 100% God and 100% man and he was able to to live the human experience and to feel what we feel and he understands and he knows and because God himself was at a low place where he was able to say God if you could take this from me do it Jesus was in a place where he himself was crying and praying and sweating and if he was able to be open and vulnerable with the father and say like I don't know <laughs> you know like ultimately he was saying if you could take this from me, do it. But the truth is, many of us want to be considered um, the strongest Christian in the whole wide world. Many of us want to to walk around as as real, big, true warriors and like hats off to you if you could do it. If you're a soldier in the army of the Lord, go ahead, honey, and, and you know, carry your, your sword and your shield respectfully. But there are many of us who need to not pretend <laughs> we got to stop pretending. Like my brother said, shout out to my brother Joshua, y'all. He, he said, um, <laughs> before this year started, he was like, 
he had to talk to God to, to find out that his name wasn't on, you know, the toughest soldiers list for this year because he too handsome to be going through this, you know, to be um, um, having to deal with stress and frustration this year. And <laughs> y'all, my brother. <laughs> but the truth is many of us need to sit down and not only have a conversation with ourselves, but we need to have a conversation with God. We need to be real. In order for us to to master earthly vulnerability downhill, we need to make sure that we could be real and trust and that we could talk to God and that he's not going to take advantage of our weakness. We have to trust that, that we can be vulnerable with God and that he is not going to be the one to attack us physically or emotionally. I feel like once we are able to be self-aware and vulnerable with ourselves and with God, then and and only then, y'all have the beeper going off. Charles is so disrespectful, y'all. He's trying to tell me that my time is up. But anyway, <laughs> I feel like once we are able to be open and real with God, and be open and real and vulnerable with ourselves, then and only then will we, will we be able to master being open and real with each other. Anyway, y'all, that's my time. And I think that we're going to pick this conversation up maybe in the next episode or maybe in a few episodes. But of course, I'm going to let you guys know. But as always, it's been a pleasure to grace your ears with my lovely voice. Just kidding. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. I am your host, Lisa A. McFall, and this is the Confessions of a Church Girl podcast. Love you. Mean it. Bye.